Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to Circling Seattle Sports on Converge Media. Of course, as always, I am your host, Charles Hammaker. Things are tight, man. It is it is very tough. Uh, as soon as I get done with this recording here, we'll be heading out to Kraken Community Iceplex uh, for training camp, continue training camp. It's actually a morning skate ahead of the split squad game that the Kraken will be playing against the Calgary Flames tonight. Half of the squad from training camp in Calgary, half of them at Climate Pledge Arena tonight. Then after that, we've got the Mariners starting their seven-game homestand to close out the regular season. So bear with me. That's why we're in the home studio. We're doing our best. All of that being said, we're going to cut to the chase here and get right into our Seahawks coverage. Seahawks, over the past week, it's been a busy week. They're bumped up. They're banged up injury-wise. They came out with the win yesterday against the Panthers, and they got even more banged up in that. But we'll get to that when we get to the respective injury-related news. The Seahawks beat the Carolina Panthers um, on September 24th, Sunday, 37-27. to 27. Seattle uses a big second half, uses the running game. The crowd gets back involved. The, the 12s were great at Lumen Field, forcing eight false start penalties. It's not a record. The record came back in 2011 against the Giants, uh, the New York football Giants, that is, who the Seahawks play next week. Um, yeah. This was going to be an interesting one. Andy Dalton was the starter because Bryce Young, the number one overall pick from this past year's draft, was not able to go in this one. Um, Andy Dalton coming into this game against Seattle was 3-1 and one against the Seahawks in his career, including a win last year uh, when he was a member of the Saints. But the Seahawks were able to take care of business in this one, a kind of a bumpy first half where they had to settle for a bunch of field goals. Um, they're able to pull away here in the second half. Uh, we go to our offensive player of the game. I went with Kenneth Walker, the third Walker, uh, 18 carries, 97 yards, and two touchdowns on the day, including three receptions for 59 yards as well. Nice, strong game for him. Not the only running back that shined in this game, Zach Charbonnet, the rookie out of UCLA, uh, had a nice game, had a really uh, impressive run uh, that got down towards the goal line where he, uh, you know, the word throw comes to mind. The defender kind of, you should, if you watch the replay, um, the highlights or on Twitter, if you see the video, it was, it was <laughs> pretty impressive. Can't show it uh, because of NFL laws and all that, but. Pretty impressive there. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I could have gone two ways. Could have gone with Devon Witherspoon, the rookie cornerback out of uh, Syracuse, or uh, defensive tackle Jerron Reed. Jerron Reed, I went with him here uh, with this photo by Chris Mast. as uh, He's paying homage to Michael Bennett's um, sack dance here. Jerron Reed, uh, eight total tackles, four solo, uh, one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss, one pass deflection, and three QB hits. Now, Witherspoon... Witherspoon drew a lot, especially when he was drafted, because it wasn't Jalen Carter. There were a bunch of fans who were a little upset. Seattle didn't go with Jalen Carter because of the Seahawks' issues along the defensive line. I understand that. 
I get it. I would have been okay if he would have been drafted here, honestly. But going through the draft process and hearing afterwards, it really didn't sound like Pete Carroll and John Schneider were ever going to go with him, especially as things kind of stacked up against Carter in the offseason. Witherspoon wasn't fully healthy in the preseason, the offseason. Uh, well, preseason, I think specifically. And then in week one and week two and now week three, he was kind of judged. There were a lot of fans. The sports on tap guys were all, oh, he he better do this. And he they were basically putting the expectations really high for Witherspoon, which I think is unfair. You know, fit isn't always the best thing. So you, you can't always just immediately argue that someone needs to do this and, and compare. It's, it's not the same. Uh you know, and yes, I did mention those guys specifically for a reason. You know, Witherspoon today, he had a solid game in Detroit, but then specifically in this game against the Panthers as well, targeted 11 times. He only allowed three catches for a total of 19 yards, broke up two passes, gave up one first down, and led the team. He led the team in t- as a cornerback. He led the team in tackles. I know that's something that Pete Carroll liked um, when they drafted him. So I, I just think that the criticism is unwarranted and it's a little bizarre. Um, you know, bad outlets make bad choices and they say bad things. So, you know, anywho, uh, yeah, really impressive from the, the defense in the second half. There some, some things I'm sure they'd like to work on 27 points. Isn't great. Carolina got sort of a garbage time touchdown towards the end of the thing. Uh, but a nice, their first home win of the season, they were wearing their, you go back to the photos, you can see they're wearing their whites uh, at home, which is different. It's the first time that they've ever worn white at home in franchise history. They were paying homage to the 2000, uh, the, well, the Super Bowl 48 team in that season as uh, 10 year anniversary had most all of that team in attendance. Obviously, Russell Wilson couldn't be in attendance because he was uh, getting blown out by the Dolphins 70 to 20 down in Miami. Um, but a lot, it was fun to see guys like Breno Giacomini, uh, obviously Michael Ben, a lot of the big name guys, Doug Baldwin, Cam Chancellor, you know, all of those guys were a lot of the, a lot of the group was there uh, to have them memorialized and honored was, was really fun to see. And for them to see a win there uh, was good. That was good. It would have been unfortunate if they had lost that game. Uh, we get to injury related news though. This is where I talk about it uh, before we even get to the inactives list and what happened in the game itself. Uh, rookie defensive end Mike Morris had to go undergo shoulder surgery. He will be out for the season. It's really unfortunate. Uh, it was a guy that a lot of us, I had thought that he would be able to come in and make a sort of splash on the defensive line, help with the pass rush. He's going to undergo that shoulder surgery. Pete Carroll did say it was a, a sort of recovery that's going to take a few months. So he's not going to be able to contribute this year, unfortunately. The inactives list, there are some notable names on here. Will Disley was able to go uh, with a shoulder ailment that he was dealing with. Uh, Kobe Bryant, Reek Woolen, Jamal Adams, Phil Haynes, McLennan Curtis, Charles Cross. I mean, outside of Curtis, those are all guys who normally would start for you when they're healthy. So it was Seattle was already is already tough. You know, you're going against a red rifle. I say that with some jest. Um and then in the game itself, uh, Damian Lewis left the game with a hand injury. Trey Brown left the game with a concussion. Daryl Taylor left the game with a leg injury. And then Draymond Jones left with a hip injury. Reek Woolen and Jamal Adams are both expected to be able to go next week in the Monday night football game. We'll see. Uh, we get to team-related notes. On the 19th, Jamal Adams um, goes through the full week of practice, which is good. 
um, but didn't necessarily mean that he was going to be able to play versus the Panthers. Uh, Artie Burns was activated from the practice squad, well, signed to the active roster from the practice squad. Um, then we got some practice squad stuff. Uh, cornerback Robert Rochelle and Matt Landers were released from the practice squad on the 20th uh, with Will Disley dealing with that shoulder injury that I mentioned. Rookie tight end Brady Russell was act- uh, signed to the active roster off the Eagles practice squad. Uh, as a corresponding move, the team released linebacker Tyreek Smith. Also, on this is on the 20th of September, quarterback Geno Smith won the FedEx Air Player of the Week Award. It's the first time that he's won that award in his career uh, as he went 32 for 41 for 328 passing yards and two passing touchdowns in that win over the Lions in Week 2. And then on the 21st, the team signed offen- uh, outside linebacker Tyreek Smith back to the practice squad uh, and released offensive tackle Greg Island uh, as a corresponding move. So, the Seahawks sit at a two and one record. They are now second in the NFC West behind the 49ers, who are three and zero. Looking ahead, their next matchup is Monday Night Football, October second, um, at MetLife Stadium. It's a five fifteen p.m. start. It is Monday Night Football, as I mentioned. Jamal Adams, Reek Woolen, both expected to be back. We're gonna likely hear some more injury related updates, um, probably even today, later in the day. Um, from Pete Carroll and the Seahawks just to hear about some of the guys who got hurt in today and Sunday's game. So that will certainly be something to keep an eye on. And obviously a nod to look at the social media on the bottom bar when we've got it rolling to see uh, that in real time when we get that information. So we go directly over here uh, to Mariners related news. Now this is tough because uh, this past week hasn't been great. For the Mariners, I mean, the first part of it was uh, we go to this Oakland series. It was a sweep. The Mariners sweep Oakland, Oakland, Oakland in three games, uh, starting with the 18th, a five nothing shutout. That was Seattle's 16th shutout of the season, which is a franchise record um, player of the game. Shortstop J.P. Crawford, one hit, one run, one RBI. I think, oh, that's normal. He had three walks in that game, so J.P. was able to get on base heavily. September 19th at the Athletics, a 7-2 to win. Our player of the game, once again, J.P. Crawford. John Paul, two hits, two runs, two RBIs, including a solo homer, continuing to show off the power this year. Driveline has done that, man, some wonders. And then on the 20th, to complete the sweep in the getaway game, a 6-3 to win. Our player of the game, left fielder Dom Canzone. Canzone, two hits, one run, and four RBIs, including a two-run homer, uh, which also includes a career-high four RBI game uh, for a guy who is largely a rookie this year. So uh, then things take a turn for the worst. It's a big, you know, they begin this final 10 games of the regular season. There's all this hype, and then they fall flat on their face in Texas against the Rangers. Yes, I understand uh, the sweep. I've got the broom over in the corner there. I'm trying to ignore it. Um, <laughs> September 22nd at the Rangers, uh, they lose 5-8. to eight. The Mariners go down really big in this game. They start to mount a comeback, but they're unable to fully uh, complete that. Just a poor plate approach, and that could go across the entirety of this series. Um, the Mariners were unable to get into the bullpen earlier against the Rangers. This Rangers bullpen has really, really struggled in the second half of the season. Uh, the Mariners were not able to take advantage of that. Chasing, you know, poor swing decisions, uh, just not following the game plan. At least that's what Scott Service said after the first game. So um, not not great to hear that from your manager. From that game one, our player of the game catcher, Cal Raleigh. Cal, 
two hits, one run, and three RBIs in that game. In the second game, the shutout. Uh, well, and then even to go back to it, talk about the offense. Uh, Bryce Miller got hammered in this game. Uh, it's unfortunate you're looking for a big game from. It's a lot to ask as well uh, from the young man, but just tough. Gets hammered here. Um, gives up the big lead. Seattle has to go into the bullpen probably earlier than they may have even hoped. Um, game two, Logan Gilbert's on the mound. He only holds him to two runs, which is very, very, is very good for the best offense in the American League. Um, but you can see on your screen the big zero uh, that the Mariners put up on offense themselves. So they, they don't do Logan any favors and they're unable to. Uh, prolong the series win by the Rangers in this one. And so then they go to game three looking to avoid being swept and they can't do that. And an eight to nine loss today. Um, another one, they started to go down big Brian Wu. They hammered Brian Wu. Brian Wu made his major league debut against these Rangers um, down in Texas uh, earlier in the season and got hammered, tried to bounce back from that, have a better result this time around. He could not. Um, uh, the Mariners mount a, f- a fiery comeback. I think they were down seven to two at one point. Um, they had the winning run at the plate in all three games. The Mariners had the winning run at the plate and they were unable to execute. Um, Globe Light Field has just been a house of horrors for the Mariners this season, unfortunately. And they fall and they lose. Uh, at, sorry, let me get to player of the game. Right fielder Teoscar Hernandez, two hits, two runs, two RBIs, and a walk in this one as Teo hits a solo homer early in the game. His solo homer actually made it a 1-1 tie in the first few innings. Uh, before I get to the overall talk about this series, we'll go to our player of the week. Player of the week, J.P. Crawford. JP over his last six games, eight hits, six runs, three of those hits being extra base hits, four RBIs, three walks, a 308 batting average, a 379 on base percentage, a 477 slugging, and a 956 OPS. We look at this series, and it's tough. It's really tough. Um, you know, you had Miller going in game one, you had uh, Wu going in game three. You know, those are the young pitchers, the guys who are really looking to continue to develop their off speed pitches. And they have done that to an extent, but they really got hammered uh, by these Rangers, um, at least in this, this uh, since it's fresh, that series finale. Uh, Wu just kind of left some, some of those pitches, got over the plate, change up slider falling into the center of the plate, and Texas doesn't miss those, you know? So, and there was a comment too about, you know, having to take care of business, especially against Houston, because they can't win against Texas. I think these games partially showed that you can win against the Rangers. You just can't put you can't spot them nine to eight runs. I know you're not spotting them, but, you know, it's tough with with Wu and Miller to have to go against them. Now, we look here. Um, I'm going to try to take a look towards this Rangers series that closes out that homestand. The final four games of the regular season, the Mariners will play are against those Rangers. I'm going to say uh, at least cautiously that the division is likely out of it. I know I had this little meme here. Uh, You know, you've got all three of the teams at the top of the West technically still involved in it. Uh, but with the Mariners getting swept by the Rangers in this one, it kind of seems unlikely. Um, we'll see if we can get probables. Yeah, so we look at those final four games. It's probably going to be uh, Logan Gilbert in game one, Brian Wu in game two, and then Castillo and Kirby um, 
to close things out. Now, those last two games, fine. I feel comfortable with those guys on the mound to close out the season. Uh, with Gil- Gilbert as well, Brian Wu, there's going to be a big ask for him to try and take what happened literally yesterday uh, and try and get ready for that. Bryce Miller as well, even in that uh, series finale in on Wednesday against the Astros. That's going to be tough as well. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. These are, I mean, especially after the last series too, where Houston talked about having a, a team meeting after the Mariners swept them down in Houston. They're going to be pissed after this series. They just got swept by the Royals down in Houston. They're not. They're not going to be happy either. So you got two teams uh, in the Mariners and the Astros who are coming into this respective series that starts tonight. Um, who are going to be upset because they just got swept. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fireworks. I'm a little uh, disappointed. Obviously, I'm sure everybody's disappointed by the sweep. Uh, Twitter probably more scorched earth rather than disappointed. Um, but still, it's it's going to be an exciting last seven games. Um, the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're all sold out against the Rangers. There are limited tickets for the rest of the homestand. If you can come down to the ballpark, come and join us. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's, it's a really tight race. Uh, the Mariners still are in position to get into the playoffs. Knock on wood, wherever you've got it. I'm going to knock on my kneecaps as well. Um, their magic number is eight right now. Uh, they, their magic number went down each of the last few days because the Astros lost. So task failed somewhat successfully. So anyway, uh, the one real only piece of team-related news that we've got for you. September 18th, center fielder Julio Rodriguez was recognized as the 2022 Latino MVP award winner by the Latino uh, Sports Writers and Broadcasters Association, which is very cool to see for Julio there. Um, look ahead. The Mariners record sits at 84 and 70 at the moment. They are third in the American League West. Oh, we're back at this. Yeah. Um, they're two and a half games well, no, they're three games back from the top of the division and half a game out of a wild card spot, that final and third wild card spot. Looking ahead to begin this week, it's three games against the Astros. Uh, tomorrow, the 25th, well, no, today, pardon me, the 25th is a 6.40 p.m. start. The 26th is a 7.05 p.m. start, not 7.10 uh, to 7.05. Um, oops, wrong hat. Yeah. Uh, and then the 27th is a 640 as well. We go over here to this four-gamer to close out the regular season against the Texas Rangers. Uh, September 28th versus the Rangers, a 640 p.m. start. September 29th, Friday, a 710. September 30th is a 415 start. Yes, yeah, Saturday, 415. And then October 1st versus the Rangers, a 1210 start. That is the regular season finale. We go over here. Quick stop over with our storm. Uh, as center Ezzy Magbagort was named to the WNBA All-Defensive Second Team. Uh, it's the second straight season that Ezzy has earned this honor. Magbagort, the 6'4 forward from Australia, has another solid defensive campaign in this 2023 season, finishing second in the WNBA in block shots with 1.9 per game and 74 in total, which is the second most in a season in Storm franchise history. Of her 8.1 rebounds per game, six and a half of those came on the defensive glass where she uh, grabbed 258 boards, uh, which ranked fourth in the league. Magbagor also added 1.1 steals per game, making her one of just two players to average 8.1 rebounds, 1.9 blocks, and 1.1 steals per game. So a really impressive year for Mezzi. Uh, before... 
Um, no, no, sorry. We'll restart that. Uh, it was really great to see Ezzy kind of solidify herself as the second star on this roster. Uh, you know, earned the all-star nod. Kind of, it was her and Jewel leading the charge for this team all season. Uh, at one point, it was the three stars when you had Gabby Williams. She kind of, she got hurt there, unfortunately. So uh, it's really great to see Ezzy fully blossom into that and make a big leap after last year she was starting to do that and then tina charles comes in and and the rotation kind of gets all all bungled up so really great performance and a great year from ezzy uh, and it'll be really interesting to see this next year the sort of leap that she makes from this performance to the next one and what she's going to do uh in the next season and it's funny because ezzy's age because she started playing basketball professional basketball at such a young age she's around the age of some of the rookies that Seattle had this season. So that was, that was, it's a fun note. Um, so we'll keep it moving here uh, and we'll go over to our Sounders and we don't have a tie to talk to you about, which is great. The Sounders collected all three points on the road in Colorado against the Rapids, a two to one win. Our player of the match left winger, Leo Chu Chu, an 8.1 match rating in this game, one goal, two shots and 87% passing percentage and one chance created on the night. Uh, Chu really continues to add to an impressive uh, season of his, a breakout season, breakout campaign. Uh, you know, everybody gave him stuff for that yellow card, that double yellow with the taking the jersey off. Uh, missed last game uh, against Dallas because of that suspension, but uh, a really uh, impressive season overall, I'd say. So, I mean, this one, it was a good one. Seattle actually went up to nothing at one point. They gave away a goal late and they kind of had to defend for their lives uh, towards the end of this thing. They were able to collect all three points. And now things are getting interesting. Um, well, I say now, of course, things have been interesting, but they sit at third in the Western Conference right now. They're behind St. Louis and behind LAFC. There is a scenario where the Sounders can end up with the top seed in the Western Conference. They need to collect, I believe it's seven points uh, out of their remaining four matches, uh, which is possible, hypothetically. Um, and... St. Louis would have to collect four or less, I believe, from their remaining four, uh, from their remaining matches. Uh, St. Louis is the only team in the Western Conference that has clinched. There are four teams, uh, at least it was four the last time I checked, four teams in the Eastern Conference that have clinched. So it just tells you how tough the West is right now and uh, how many points separate those teams. The Sounders don't have to worry about the games in hand issue anymore where LAFC had all these games in hand. Uh, now it's just these final four games of the regular season, which have some teams who are in a playoff uh, spot right now are chasing one. And then a few teams that just, so, um, oh, wait, I could be wrong. I think we're now in the final three games. Oops. And of course the Sounders website loads close slowly. No, 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 four. Okay, yeah. Nashville, LA, Vancouver, St. Louis. Oh, wait. Eesh, yeah, not gonna be not gonna be easy uh for that, but you're kind of 
moving in the right direction. Christian Roldan being back is great. Uh, Leo Chu back in the lineup after this, the yellow card suspension. So uh, that's nice. Not so nice. We get to injury-related news. On the 19th, Ford Raul Ruiz Diaz did not train after suffering a hamstring injury. Uh, at that time, Schmetzer did not sound optimistic about him playing versus the Rapids. He did not play against the Rapids. He did not travel with the squad either as a precautionary measure. Uh, there are rumors that he might not play for the rest of the season. Uh, I can't say that the club has confirmed that, but that's something to keep an eye on. It's been tough with Raul. Obviously, a lot of concerns about his injury history, so that will be something to keep an eye on. The availability report against the Rapids. Uh, Sota Kitahara was out with a left quad strain, and Cody Baker and Kellen Rowe were out. Uh, Baker, well, yeah, they were questionable, but they were out. Cody Baker had a concussion protocol to deal with, and Kellen Rowe was dealing with a right quad strain that's kind of hampered him for a good amount of the season. In team-related notes, uh, defender Reed Baker-Whiting, he was listed as a midfielder, but he plays heavily as a defender anyway, um, named to the MLS team of the match day for performance against FC Dallas. Um which got him an 8.2 match rating, one assist, a 91% passing percentage, two chances created, one shot, 12 passes into the final third, five clearances, and nine recoveries. The same day on the 18th, the club announced that they will reveal their new crest on the 26th at 10 a.m. So that's tomorrow by the time that you're seeing this. So follow the links that you're seeing here. Um, for that, on the 21st, Midfielder Zhao Paulo was named to the MLS team of the match day bench for his performance against the Rapids with a 7.9 match rating, one assist, 93% passing percentage, and two chances created there. Zhao Paulo, arguably the best player that the Sounders have had this year. So um, the Sounders sit at a 12 win, nine loss, nine draw record with 45 points, as I mentioned, sitting at third in the Western Conference. They're ninth uh, in points in the entirety of the MLS. Looking ahead, their next match is September 30th at Nashville SC to 5.30 p.m. start. Currently, when we look at the MLS standings, I believe Nashville is actually out of a playoff spot at the moment. That's always funny opening the MLS website and it's oh no they're in the they're in a playoff spot right now. I apologize for being wrong. Um where are the points? There they are. Oh yeah, they're pretty clear. Okay, so they're all yeah, they're in a playoff spot. Um that will not be easy to go down to Nashville and have to play them. We go over here now um to Kraken, and this is just a quick little stop off here. I'll be at the Iceplex here in a few hours, actually. Um, but so, well, we'll talk briefly about training camp. I mean, it's been it's been some pretty high intensity practices for the squad. Lots of scrimmages. Uh, they had a bag skate two days ago. Well, no, three days ago. Uh, they had Saturday off. Uh, they were back yesterday. A few of the rookies are already away. I wouldn't expect a lot of surprises with this uh, opening day roster when it eventually comes around. Head coach Dave Haxtell did say um, that they're going to use the entirety of the preseason to evaluate uh, some of these players and make those decisions, those roster decisions. There will be no team captain this year. Uh, this was something that we talked about last year. Haxtell and the team really believe in the leadership group that they have in place with all the alternate captains. Um, and the, he talked about, too, some of the rookies and the younger players that they have, they're really happy with the leadership that they have shown themselves. Um, 
So he confirmed there will not be a, a listed captain this season. Uh, it, it's sounding more and more like they're building it up for Matty Beniers to become the captain, um, whether it be next year or two years from now. And I think they work fine without it. I don't think that's a problem. I know a lot of people wanted to see a C on somebody, and I just think it makes sense right now to not have that be a thing. So um, that's what we've seen there. Um, Philip Grubauer looks good. Uh, Chris Drieger had a tough day one, but has kind of bounced back. Joey Decord is looking more and more like the number two goalie um, that's going to be up for the Kraken right now. Um, I'm trying to think. Andre Burakovsky looks good after being injured. We're going to, well, that'll lead right into this. Yesterday, Andre Burakovsky was taken off of the injured reserve. He had been there since, I believe, February uh, for the crack in there when he tore uh, his groin in the first shift after the All-Star break, which is unfortunate. Um, so it's good to see Berkey back there. Maddie looks good. Uh, it's just good to be a backer on the boys, truthfully. So, uh, And then also on the 23rd, we're starting to see the first of those sort of cuts um, when the team uh, reassigned three players to their junior clubs for the silver tips, Eric Jamison and Tyler Palmer were both sent back, both back in time for opening day for Everett. And then Kelowna, Caden Price uh, was sent back. He is actually, I believe, dealing with some injury stuff. We saw him on Friday. Uh, he got back on the ice in a red jersey after all of the uh, main groups had started. I mean, finished. So uh, hoping that Caden is all right there. Looking ahead, starts tonight. Preseason starts tonight. We've got hockey games that, oops, games that actually matter to an extent. Um, it's a split squad action. So there will be half of the group is here at Climate Pledge Arena against the Calgary Flames with a 7 p.m. puck drop. The other half will be at the Saddle Dome in Calgary playing half of their squad at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So, um, that's that. And then on the 28th, we've got our second preseason game of the week uh, here at Climate Pledge Arena against the Vancouver Canucks. That's a 7 p.m. puck drop as well um, as we continue to see uh, the preseason sort itself out. Again, Haxel did say that they're going to take the entirety of the preseason to sort of figure things out with this roster, but I wouldn't expect a lot of surprises uh, when we get the opening day list of who uh, has made it. We didn't have a rain game this past week to look at. We've got the FIFA September international window, which is good and bad. Um, it was announced on the 19th that eight players from the club would join their respective national teams for the September window. This includes uh, for the U.S. Women's national team, Alana Cook, Sofia Huerta, Emily Sonnet, and Megan Rapinoe. Rose Lavelle was initially called up to the U.S. Women's national team roster, but was later replaced as she continues to recover from that leg injury she suffered here with the rain. Um, so hoping that Rose is better sooner rather than later. Uh, team Canada, Jordan Heidema and Quinn, as those two players and the Canadian national team are both fighting for their respective spot uh, in the Olympics. Wales, just Fishlock out with Wales, and then Brazil and Jelena. Um, this feeds into injury-related news because defender Sofia Huerta uh, suffered a hamstring injury in the U.S. Uh, win uh, in their friendly over South Africa. She would miss the Sunday friendly in Chicago as she headed back to Seattle to rehab. And then with that mention of the friendly in Chicago, Megan Rapino has played her last international game for the U S um, she had a fun service from a corner uh, that I believe eventually led to an Emily Sonnet header goal. So fitting how that would work out reminder. Pino's not fully done playing yet. She's got three regular season matches to play left for the rain as they make their respective playoff push. Two of those are at home. 
Um, the club has continued to open up sections at Lumen Field for these last two games. So please come out and support uh, the rain, not only the rain, uh, but a legendary woman, a legendary footballer um, as she's closing out her career. So uh, we have other team related news on the 21st. The club signed the goalkeeper Maya Perez. Perez uh, was signed and acquired via the discovery process through the remainder of the 2023 season. Uh, she previously signed with Angel City FC, as you can see in this photo by Will Navarro uh, in 2022 before going on a one year loan to Grand Paris Sign, Sign West GPSO EC. 1992 of the Division II Feminine. Prior to playing professionally, she attended the University of Hartford between 2017 and 2021 and was a three-time American America East All-Conference goalkeeper. The 23-year-old graduated as the fifth all-time leader in saves with 273 and as the sixth all-time leader in career wins with 32, uh, also adding 19 career shutouts for the Hawks. So uh, obviously with the Fallon Tullis Joyce move to Manchester United, this the rain at a third goalkeeper here. It'll be interesting to see if Perez gets any sort of run. Uh, Laura Harvey sounded excited to have, um, well, Leslie Galmore and Laura Harvey uh, sounded excited to find, they've talked about finding a goalkeeper of this caliber at this point in the season. So who knows? Who knows what uh, Perez will be able to do? So uh, we haven't been doing a lot of league news as we've been crunched for time. But on the 19th, the NWSL granted Boston, the city of Boston, the expansion rights for the league's 15th team. So uh, it's great to see the NWSL continue to expand and women's sports continue to expand. All this means for me, though, is covering the rain is that there will be more players that I'll have to worry about uh, leaving in the expansion draft. So uh, the rain sit at an eight win, eight loss, three draw record. They are fifth in the league table right now, which is in a playoff spot with 27 points. Looking ahead, their next match is here at home, October 1st versus the North Carolina Courage. Uh, that is a 5 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. Uh, the rain are, let me get this officially so I can say the right words. Uh, the theme of this match is Kick Breast Cancer presented by MultiCare. That game will be streamed on Paramount Plus and TSN Plus. It is the second to last Oh, and Fox 13 plus um, it is the second to last regular season home game for the rain. That last one is against the Washington spirit reminder. These last two home games for the rain as they continue to not only push for a playoff spot, but also Megan Rapino's last regular season home games. There could be playoff games, but that's not a guarantee. So get your behind. I almost had a bad word. You're behind to Lumen field for these matches. We got through it there. I have to go and get ready to go up to the Iceplex uh, for morning skate and other preseason stuff with the Kraken. Until I see you next week, we got the rain back. So I'm getting all my jackets out of storage, uh, trying to take care of myself. Got to protect the dome here. Oh, God. Ah, Got to use my moisturizer. Anyway, until I see you next week, we'll be in the month of October, which is wild. Um, by then, we'll know more about the potential of the Mariners in the playoffs. The Seahawks will be playing uh, Monday Night Football next week, so we won't have a game to go over with you next week. Uh, the Sounders are continuing to push for their playoff spot. They can't clinch yet. Um, the Rain, the same thing. The Kraken will have preseason games to go over. Uh, it's a bunch, bunch going on, as I mentioned. Please follow us on the social medias to help you. 
Till I see you next time, take care of yourselves, be well, and do whatever you can to make today a great day. Love you guys.